who gave me permission to do this? <laughs> oh my god. Sometimes we're gonna laugh and sometimes we're gonna cry. That's just the way it goes. Welcome to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast for everyone and anyone who is seeking their purpose, who wants to change but might feel stuck. Our title is a perfect example of why you should not judge a book by its cover. Jackie aims to help everyone, not just females. Learn to dig deep into yourself in every episode and get real with what you need as we figure out exactly what that is. Whether it's a relationship or a career, we as individuals make stupid mistakes, although our wiser higher self always knew better. We must get to a place where we can accept our stupid and move forward into our wise. Here is your host, Jackie Minsky. Welcome to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast. If you are new, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're with me for a while, thank you so much for coming back. Super excited to have my friend Anand on the show today. I have to tell you, this was such a spiritual conversation. We got into everything from astrology to discipline to twin flames to soulmates to how to handle negative people. I mean, you name it. We just dived right into some of life's greatest challenges, how to overcome them, how to stay positive, stay disciplined. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. In the description, because this is such a long, amazing interview, I decided to put the timestamps for certain topics in case, you know, you may be rushing to work or going somewhere where you can't listen to the full interview, although I do suggest you listen to the entire interview. I do understand And if you want to dig into a specific topic on the timestamp, it will be in the descriptions for you to skim through if needed. So I really hope you guys enjoy this interview. I really, really enjoyed it and I hope you guys love it. Thank you so much. I have a very special guest with me today and I will tell you guys the story of how we met, which is super, super funny. I'm going to have to tell them. But I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell you guys a little bit of what he does. Yeah, absolutely. So just the pronunciation, my name is Anand Sukadia, <laughs> and we are Ohm Life Wellness Modern Recovery Spa. So we are here in Jersey City, and uh, Jackie actually just came out of one of our most popular services, which is flotation therapy, and she'll tell you a little bit about her experience in a little bit. But uh, yeah, essentially we are a a center that encompasses mind, body, soul healing, where people can come reconnect with their highest and truest versions of themselves, whether it's uh, relieving pain, whether it's uh, eliminating stress, or getting back to who they truly want to be and finding their purpose. And uh, that's what we do. That's where we support people through flotation therapy, whole body cryotherapy, infrared saunas, We also do uh, postural alignment therapies to help people get back in alignment, as well as hypnosis to really work on that deep subconscious uh, thing that we have called the brains. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Now tell me, you've been the owner of the spa for two years now. And take me to who you were before. Help me understand what made you choose this field of work. Yeah. So it really came down to just not wanting to continue being unfulfilled in life. So I was doing a lot of things. I started out in real estate. Then I went into global trade. I had a garment business. Nothing really panned out the way that I wanted to in terms of fulfillment, um, even though there was success uh, financially. But all my favorite, like favorite things to do, my hobbies were like um, meditating, yoga, um, spiritual stuff, self-development, reading amazing books, uh, connecting with amazing people. These were all the things that I wanted to do 
every waking hour of the day outside of my my business stuff. So I was like, okay, at some point I wanted to open up a center like this um, that encompasses whole body holistic healings. Um, and then I decided at some point in 2014, hey, listen, I'm not fulfilled. I need to do something about it. So we're going to talk about this later, but um, during an experience, like a spiritual experience I had with ayahuasca, it really transformed my entire way of thinking. And I realized if I'm not living my purpose, then what the hell am I doing? So I decided to put all my eggs in this basket. Um, it took me a very long time to get the center open, about two years, uh, actually four years from conception all the way till opening. Finally, we got this thing opened and uh, it has been the most amazing experience, ride and self-development tool that I have used, uh, you know, I've, that I've ever had. How did you discover the flotation therapy? Because there's so much in the flotation therapy that kind of has so much to do with life. Mm -hmm. Like I learned how to surrender in the flotation device because I'll be honest, when you get in there, you're moving around a lot. You don't know how to surrender, which is a part of life we'll, we'll get into also. But how did you discover the flotation therapy? Yeah, so I've just always been on a mission to find the most amazing holistic health modalities out there. And because of my meditation practice, because I like to do yoga, also like my body was always uncomfortable in meditation because I have these, you know, this pain in my back or in my neck. So it's like, how do I get to the point where I just don't feel my body and then I'm able to just connect to higher source? So I was hearing about floating on a Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> believe wow. it or not. And he's even influenced on many levels in my life, um, especially with the psychedelics and stuff. But uh, yeah, after I heard about it, I said, okay, I want to try this. And then the first time I did floating, actually, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It would, took me a long time to get into the float. And it was a 60 minute float. I swear to God, about 55 minutes. I was just like so bored, not realizing what was going on. I'm like, okay, when is this thing going to be over? Because it seemed like a really long time. So that's normal. Completely normal. That happened the first time. Yeah, 100%. And then the last five minutes, for some reason, I just decided to let go. And I just felt this wave of just bliss go through my body. And then when I came out, I felt really good. I felt really relaxed. I don't know what just happened. I was like, oh, that seemed like boring, but why do I feel so good now? And then it lasted with me for the next couple of weeks. I did it again. And then it took me about 15 minutes to let go of my monkey mind. And boom, for some reason, I just got into it. And it just sent me into this rocket ship out into outer space where I was experiencing just weightlessness happiness i was able to like kind of like weave in and out of stars it was just so cool speaking of stars yeah. i counted <laughs> all the stars you have about 100 stars which i'll tell you why i counted them but, okay <laughs> um but i want to ask you mm. because i am a believer in manifestation mm -hmm. and so you went on this journey and you decided you want to open up this spa and it took you four years mm -hmm. during those four years were there any spiritual habits or things you might have done that helped you open up the spa and reach your current success now? Yeah, absolutely. So there was a lot of challenges that I went through opening the spa up. Okay. So firstly, it was supposed to take three months based on the contractor's estimates. And, uh, you know, they were kind of just giving me like, oh, it's going to be so simple. We're going to get this done. No problems. Not realizing how much intricacy there is opening up a central like this with all the soundproofing, the waterproofing. Um, everything that we had to do to get these equipment inside this place. So I wish I had a float tank that was available to me <laughs> during this process because it was so expensive. It was so uh, exhausting. There were so many things going on. Um, we were delayed several months. And then also I was going through a really bad breakup as well with the fiance at the time. And um, yeah, I just, I really had to just realize that my purpose is this and that 
I know that there's going to be challenges going through this. And it was, you know, a lot of tears, a lot of blood, a lot of sweat. But eventually we ended up opening the center. And um, through just practices like of gratitude, such as in the morning, I would journal. I would think about the things that I'm grateful for in life. And it all stems back to my family, my parents. Um, so grateful for them for allowing me to have this life and just looked back at all my amazing relationships in my life, my friends, my family, um, the purpose that I found finally in my life and to open up the center. So I just, it pushed me through every day. And I had some really supportive friends at the time who helped me uh, bring all the equipment in, who helped me set up the, the business and stuff like that. Family as well. They all really supported me while I was going through these challenges. So, so you did journaling. Yeah. Uh, did you do visualizations, like see yourself opening the spa, mm -hmm. like saw the... Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, because I'm a believer that when you do visualizations, there's three factors that come into play. You have the visualization, but you have the drive, which is the action, but then you have to have the emotion. The emotion is everything. The emotion, that's the jet fuel of the manifestation. Fuel. Yes. If you just think about things or say it or put a vision board together, if there's no emotion behind it, don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, the yeah. emotion definitely definitely is the driving force. Now I want to get into that great, great story since okay. we're talking about emotion because I know mm. you did try the drink ayahuasca. Yes. I didn't butcher it. I said it <laughs> right. Said it right. <laughs> and I remember you told me mm. on your time on it, you saw two paths from mm -hmm. my memory. And you said that one was a path full of gratitude and a full life. And then one was the path you were on. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me more about the emotion and what you felt when you did try ayahuasca? Yeah, absolutely. Does your audience know a little bit about ayahuasca? Or do you want me to tell a little tell, bit? Tell them a little is? about it. Okay. Tell them a little about what So essentially, is. it is a sacred plant medicine from the Amazonian jungle. So either in Peru, Brazil, some of these countries have different names for it. But uh, DMT is the active ingredient, ingredient. So it's dimethyltryptamine. And it's the same ingredient chemical that um, basically comes out of your pineal gland. And it's secreted in large doses when you're born and when you're dying. Um, that's why it's a very like psychedelic experience almost. And also you have little drips of it when you sleep and dream at night. Um, so everybody produces it. Every plant, every animal has this DMT substance in it. But um, they're able to extract it from a leaf and uh, a tree root. So they mix the two together. They boil it for 14 hours. They make it into like a little molasses type tea drink, which tastes absolutely disgusting. But in about an hour, it sets in and it really opens up your consciousness. Well, how much do you drink? You take about a, it looks like a little shot glass. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you so have the option I, to drink more throughout the night if you want to get deeper I, into I it. I have heard stories that people had too much and mm -hmm. they just weren't feeling well. And then I also heard people that were full of negative emotions were throwing up a lot on it. And that yep. was the body's way of getting rid Purging of all the it. negativity. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, so go on and tell me your yeah absolutely. So with, yeah, if you want to learn more about Asqua, obviously yeah. you can you can YouTube it or we can have another podcast yes, just on that because just on that. this one part of it you know we could talk about, but the, there could be several series of podcasts on just my ayahuasca experiences. Yeah. But um, in terms of the path that I saw, okay, so when I was on the ayahuasca, it just took me through this journey of a life in review, and it showed me like the different people that came into my life, the people that were currently in my life in terms of family, exes, past relationships. Anything, any person that I burned bridges with, I was able to see it from their perspective. So it was very healing to see that. But then it also showed me if I continued to live my life the certain way that I did with a lot of anger, with a lot of um, just resentment towards people, whether when I wasn't doing my, my duties in terms of contrib contributing to others and living my purpose, it just showed me on my deathbed. And it showed me a very old man. So I lived a very long wow. life, but not fulfilled, not happy, 
and I was all alone. And that was the saddest thing I could possibly remember. And it just scared the shit out of me. So when I came out of it, I realized that, hey, listen, that is one path you can go on. That's a possibility. Anything's a possibility because we're limitless potential beings. But then if you want to really live a fulfilling life where you can attract the love that you want, where you can uh, contribute the way that you want to, where you can kind of just experience every possible thing that you're looking to do in this lifetime, you have to make the decision. And it all comes from what is your intention focused on, right? And that goes back to the gratitude. If you're focusing on gratitude, if you're living from your heart and giving love unconditionally. And without, being love. And being love. And being yeah. Love. love is, yeah, it's a state it's of a being. It's a state of yeah. being. It's not like, oh, I love this person. No, you are love. You so you don't have love. to, you don't have to uh, <laughs> describe Force. it yeah. or kind of like explain what it is. No, it just is. It's a, it's a way of being. It's a vibration. Some people like tell me like because I'm so nice and I'm so full mm-hmm. of love. They're like, oh, you're so naive. And I'm like, no, that's my strength. Yeah. I think that's a strength. Mm -hmm. So I love when people understand that love is a way of being and you don't judge people on their own journeys because I like to think that if someone is shouting at me or being angry with me, Mm -hmm. I have to stop and I could either react to them or I can say, okay, this is me. That's their journey. And I don't take it personal. And I think that's where so many people make the mistake and they get into these fights and they let these fights affect them or even in relationships you know if if someone's just not on the same frequency as you set boundaries boundaries are definitely important and if you know that you're coming from a place of higher consciousness then seek people with the same level of frequency still love and have respect for those that might not be on the same frequency wish them the best but don't take it personal 100 percent that's that's the uh, the game of life right there. You you've nailed it. it you, if you want to win, spend time with people that are going to evolve you, not take you down. And then also realize everybody's on their journey, right? Yes. Just love them, send them love as much as you want, but you don't have to intertwine with them so much that it, it brings your energy down, right? Which energy? And there are people who are just like energy vampires. You 100%. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But knowing what you know now with your experience experience on ayahuasca and you understand the role that gratitude does play in success mm-hmm. in life, how do you manage to stay positive because you are a business owner and how do you stay positive when it feels like situations might be working against you? Yeah, so I'll give you like a really silly example, right? So things are always going to happen that are, are not necessarily favorable in our minds when we think about it, right? So uh, 10 days ago, our dryer in the spa broke, right? I saw. <laughs> and literally 200 towels a day, I have to I have to dry. Now, what am I going to do when I have a full client list coming in every single day? I had to literally take these these bags of laundry to my house, to my condo, dry them. So for 10 days, and I could have been like, in the past, I would have asked the questions like, oh shit, why does this always happen to me? What the hell is going on? Why is things always going wrong? Or I can ask a more empowering question. So the new primary question I always ask when things don't go exactly the way that I think they should, which is a fallacy in itself because we shouldn't ever think something should go the way that we want it to. Just allow it to occur and then react or respond to it. So the new primary question is, how can I appreciate even more God's love and divine plan for me? Oh, I right? like this one. So when you ask that particular question, this is my question. Uh, you can ask any question that you want to. Uh, make sure it's a favorable, uh, like a, something that's going to essentially um, trigger more creativity and problem solving in your brain. Right. So when you 
ask that question. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at every string of coincidences that happened in your life brought you to this moment. Without any of these things, you wouldn't be the way that you were. Seeing things in different perspectives. Exactly. Which is super important. Yeah. And then always knowing that, yeah, there's there's so much love that you have in your life, right? So in the dryer instance, um, the question that I was thinking about is, okay, how can I prevent this in the future? I had a really bad warranty program with Best Buy who outsources it to a company in China. Then they outsource it to a company here to do the technical service. So I was working with three different companies, wasn't able to get any right answers. So now I decided I'm going to have a service company that's directly here in Jersey City that I can talk to, that I can go to and say, hey, listen, my dryer is broken. You can get fixed in two days. So boom, problem solved and I'm avoiding any further issues. Okay. So... I love that you said that you saw it from a different perspective because I think a lot of the times that's also what people don't understand. They they go into victim mentality mm-hmm. right away and they accept their defeat, which my previous episode actually was. A lot of the times in people's conscious and subconscious minds, they accept their current defeats. But no, let me ask you this. Do you think this gratitude that you have now always lived in your subconscious mind even at your (laughs) well that's yeah because even sometimes at like my darkest hour i'll be Mm. honest with you i'm someone who on my on a subconscious level i've never been negative but that's just me but i know that there are people who on a subconscious level they are more negative than positive so how did you retrain your mind from negative to positive thoughts in the subconscious yeah so in terms of subconscious our brains form so so much when we're obviously young and growing up and if we're contributing and adding fuel to that fire of like oh what's wrong with me why am i not enough it's going to create an inferno right so it takes a while to untangle all those like ridiculous thoughts so i do a lot of self-development um i do a lot of meditation a lot of flotation therapy obviously the uh there's breath work that, is, that helps a lot with uh, working on your subconscious, reprogramming stuff. But um, just really making the decision to know that, hey, listen, whatever happened in the past, whatever these bad circumstances are, it's just uh, it's just their lessons, right? If we can look at them from a spiritual perspective, then we can move forward and we can evolve from it. And then just having your mind and your heart in alignment, when they're in alignment, then yeah, then you're going to stay in that gratitude place and your subconscious is going to feed off your conscious rather than having them battle each other, which for a long time in my life they were. Which I do tell people, if you are negatively, sub, neg, if your subconscious is negative, then you have to do more work on a conscious level. However, there are people as myself who on a subconscious level, I was positive, but on a conscious level, I wasn't doing the work. Yeah. So there's people that have to learn and then there's people that have to unlearn. Yeah. So there's two types of groups I feel when it comes to spirituality. You just have to know which group you are. Mm-hmm. It's a dance. Sometimes you're moving forward, sometimes you're moving back. So I think it, for, for me, there was so much of a long time or period that I was trying to accumulate knowledge and understanding everything I could, taking every course. And now it's at the point where, yes, I don't know everything for sure, and I'm going to continue to be a lifelong student, but it's also letting go of the things that no longer serve me so that I can hold the space and have the the available place on my, you know, on my uh, plate that I can actually put more stuff on. I think every time we think we know it all, I think something happens where it's like, oh, this is <laughs> this is a new experience. And this happened to me recently. And you mm-hmm. and I were talking about it right before we started recording. I had the Entrepreneur Magazine feature and and I was so excited and super happy. And then all of a sudden the roller coaster just went 
down and I went into like a really dark place I'm talking about the darkest place I've been in in about a year and I couldn't understand and this is a question you asked me is there something that wants us to not fully reach our potential or I am writing an ebook and in the ebook as I was doing this work I realized or is that just a reminder that we're human that's a great question. <laughs> I think that we all have this need for a certainty in life, right? So if we're trying to move past a certain level of consciousness, our what I call comfortable misery zones, that, that box, that comfort zone that we created doesn't want you to move forward because we're safe where we are, right? There's nothing going on. Like we have a safe place over our head. If you were to jeopardize that in any way, now we would have to live in a different dimension or a different paradigm, right? So that's where the mind, the subconscious, they might try to destroy whatever good is happening. For instance, a lot of times people in relationships, they, you know, they find a person, they think everything's going great, and then all of a sudden it goes bad, right? So what is what is happening? It could be you, it could be them, or it could be that you were not choosing right. So we're going by all past programmings of what we think we want in a relationship rather than realizing what is the best, how is it going to best serve us in our in our life with the goals and the purpose that we want to have in life? I agree with that, but I also think that relationships are good, even the bad ones. Because oh, 100%. They, your triggers are so important because when you're triggered, you can look inside and be like, what is that? Why is that still there? And how can I heal? Yeah. And that's what happened to me after the Entrepreneur Magazine. I was in a relationship, a situationship, whatever you want to call it, where mm. all my triggers were coming out. I was reacting very impulsively. And when I took a step back, I realized exactly what we spoke about in the beginning. If I am love, I don't need to set expectations. I don't need to have an end result or an outcome. I need to stop being resistant to life's plan for, for me and just embrace the journey, mm -hmm. the person, and the process. Yeah. There's no destination that we should be focused on. It's the journey. And it's the journey. And being fulfilled and happy in each step of the journey, whether it's good or bad. And then also there's dark times, right? So if you can sit in the darkness and understand that this is only going to pass, it's going to teach me something. And if you can love that darkness, then shit, you can go through anything in life and come out better on the other side. I always say embrace your chaos. Yeah. Embrace like your chaos. So are you a believer of destiny or free will? That's a great question. <laughs> All your questions are great. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> but um, I think there's a combination of both. I've had a lot of experiences with astrology. And, um, you know, with astrology, it's basically like, okay, they, they do your birth chart at the beginning of your life, and then they kind of evolve it as the, you know, the days go, the planets go interests or success in finances or success in relationships that'll kind of be on your chart so what i look at those as are launching pads they're just like little windows of opportunities where you can kind of like jump off of and have more success so if you're supposed to be successful in business you can jump off at a particular date when the astrology is working in your favor and then it might help you kind of like move forward in I that direction. I never got into astrology. Yeah. So I have this this experience that I'll share with you. It's called <laughs> Naughty Astrology, right? Naughty? Naughty. N-A-A-D-I. Oh. <laughs> and this is something that just made me question what reality actually is. Okay. So when I went to India, I went um, right after my sister's wedding or I went for my sister's wedding to India and then the day after, we went to this place called the Naughty Astrology Center. It's this library where you go, and if you're a male, you give your right thumb impression. If you're a female, you give your left left thumb impression. So when they, they go back to the, you know, they take your, your thumbprint, they go back, they look up, 
your particular type of uh, fingerprint, and then they have a, like a system how they classify them. So they bring back like these three stacks of palm leaves that were written 2,000 years ago that are in these scrolls of like 30 per booklet. So they go through the first booklet and they're asking me a bunch of questions. Now, this language is written in ancient Tamil, which is like a lyrical like poem language. It's not even like uh, spoken anymore. So they're asking me these questions, is your mother's name so-and-so? When I say yes, then they move on to the next question. If they say no, then they move, uh, then they move on to the next leaf. So they were asking me questions like, were you born uh, in the United States? Um, and I say yes, and then they go to the next one. Um, midway through the third stack, so it was there for like an hour, they were just asking me those questions. They're like, is your father's name Jitendra? I'm like, yes. Is your mother's name Ela? I said, yes. Were you born January 13th, 1981? I said, yes. Then they asked me my name. I said, yes. They asked me my sister's name. I said, yes. They asked me if I'm in the garment business, and at the time I was, um, did I graduate the finance degree? <laughs> Literally, it blew my fucking mind. So they're asking all these questions so that we found my leaf. It was literally written 2,000 years ago by an ancient like uh, Swami. And after that, it just blew my mind. And then they, they translated the whole thing. They came back a couple of hours later. They told me every single thing that happened to me up until this point. They told me my dad passed away. They told me my mother is a doctor. They told me that my sisters, both of them are married. One of them got married the day before. The other one, they said that uh, she's uh, no longer with her partner, so she's divorced. And like all this stuff was true. Then they went into three-year increments of what was going to happen in my life. Now, a lot of things they told me came true. For instance, they told me that uh, when I was like 35 or 34, I would meet somebody and in three years, we would have some major differences of opinion. They said there's a possibility they can get married, but there will be a separation. So right around three-year mark, when I, when I met my former fiance, we were having like a lot of serious issues communication-wise. And luckily, the relationship didn't make it. And then it opened up the space for me now to find you know, the right person. And then they said by the ages of like 38, 39, 40... I would find somebody and it would be like, you know, a lot better situation. How do they know all this? This is like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, so you're telling me someone. 2000 years ago. 2000 years ago wrote about. My life. Your life. Yeah. And these leaves are for everyone out there. So I have a leaf. There could be. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, not everybody will find their leaf if it's not destiny. Right. If it's not destiny. Okay. But that's Um, so like bone chilling like, i know i'm sitting here and I i'm know. just like how did you feel i mean you must have been this was uh 10 years ago and yeah it just it blew my mind and i've always been into spirituality i knew there was something greater out there but the amount that we don't know what we think we know it just it's it's so vast you know so like the akashic records is basically like every single thought every single action everything that's ever existed in time and space is in this like library this ethereal library right so what if somebody's able to tap into that? What are psychics able to do? What are these Akashic readers able to do? What are some of these people who can manipulate energy and Kundalini and all this kind of stuff? They're just uh, looking at a frequency or a radio station that we can't access, right? That's all it is. So eventually we're all going to be able to do this, I believe, in, in terms of humanity and in the way that our species is evolving towards. But um, yeah, these little, little pockets of uh, experiences just show me that there's a combination for sure. There is. And I love that you said that. And um, my question to you is when you heard them tell you this, right? Because, you know, I've been to psychics or, you know, healers as well. 
And I always take it with a grain of salt because of my free will, because I always want to be on my frequency. So in that moment when they were telling you this, were you accepting of it? Or when something happened, you still had, were willing to have your own power and still make the best decision for yourself? Well, you really have to always have your own power. You can't listen to anybody else because everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to have a thing about what you should and shouldn't do. But you have to really follow your own path in life. So yeah, it was really uh, spectacular to hear this. I mean, you don't experience this kind of thing every day. So there was some, some belief that I did have in this because of all the things they told me that was exactly true. Um, but then going through life, you know, I go through these experiences and you can't just take things for granted. You know, if somebody is supposed to be destined to have a lot of money, they can maybe fall backwards into some luck and, you know, make a million dollars or they can work their ass off and be worth a hundred million. It doesn't, it, it really depends on the effort that you put into your life and the intention. So I know that there's, there's two, two sides to it. Okay. So, so Jackie, let me ask you now, what do you think about free will versus destiny? Destiny is like your blueprint. You know, it's your highest potential, your highest, your highest your higher consciousness and it's always there with you as i've mentioned you either have to learn it or unlearn what you are conditioned but free will is what you do with your time it's what you are willing to teach yourself it's what is the people you spend time with it's it's a mix of things so let's say my destiny which i'm learning now is to learn myself so i can teach others what i am learning but in my free will what am i going to do about it am i just going to sit and watch tv and this is why I'm someone, I don't really watch TV. I think television is really meant to distract us. Time away from what you should be doing or could be doing to better your life. So, or am I going to be doing exactly what I'm doing now? I make the conscious effort on a daily basis to either podcast or write or interact with people, network, you know, so that's the free will. Your free will is basically your discipline to get you to your destiny. 100%. And I think discipline starts with you know, when you wake up in the morning, don't start looking at your phone or being reactive or My watching the news, right? Like plan your day so that you determine and you have power over your day. So you start your day coming from the inside out. So you say, okay, I want to resonate love today. Do your affirmations. Get some really awesome music on. That's what I do in the morning. I listen to my favorite music. I blast it. I freaking jump up music and down. Music is energy. Yeah, it moves so much. And then also you're getting into a, a physical and mental state to start your day off with power empowerment so that you can now control your day. Yeah, things are going to happen that you know throw you off a little bit. But if you can start out with that power and you could go to bed with that power um, through you know listening to some nice meditative music or thinking about what you're grateful for, or journaling both times in the in the morning and the, in the evening, it's really going to give you more power back in your life. I have a great question. It just came to me. Another great question. Another great question. Do you think when you have these visualizations, are they a preview? And you might know the answer because you did ayahuasca. But for anyone that might be listening, when they have these visualiz visualizations, is it a preview of their potential? Is it a desire or a possible manifestation? All of the above. All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about potential, it's limitless, right? There's no such thing as I've accomplished all of my potential in this lifetime because we can be anything that we want to. So when you have a preview, yeah, that's one sliver of what possibly could happen. But if you're putting your attention on that, yeah, there's more likelihood that you're going to move towards that direction. Let me ask you, because anyone that might be listening, if someone doesn't know which direction to go, and let's say, you know, because this is where people get stuck, they watch The Secret or they listen to a podcast, but they don't understand 
and they're having more than one, let's say, visualization. They want to open this business or they want to open this business. How do they narrow it down to understand which direction they can go into? I think really having a strong meditation practice, you get a lot of answers. So just quieting the mind, letting go of, you know, all the like the just the thoughts that are just floating around and kind of just focusing in on, okay, what is my purpose? If you just think about this every single day when you go to bed for like 30 minutes, what am I here to do? What am I here to do? What am I here to do? Eventually, the answer will come to you. And you really know it internally, subconsciously. The answers are all there. You don't need from the outside or somebody else's advice, especially when it comes to finding your life purpose. I also think, and I said this on one of my episodes, that when you meditate why i think meditation is important meditation gets you in tune with the emotion as you and i discussed before emotion is a huge part of manifestation potential higher consciousness whatever when you are in a state of meditation you can feel if the answer is yes or no and i always say intuition does not second guess itself you do Mm -hmm. so if, if your intuition says yes and then you think of all the reasons why no that's you if your intuition says no and you're forcing the yes again that's you (laughs) <laughs> hit the nail on it I went I told you right before we started I went through like a crazy month where mm. and I also want to say that when you meditate and all these things come to you as you've mentioned when you step into your truest potential and your true self opportunities start to present themselves to you are you a believer in that because I've noticed yeah. that happening for me like the more I'd get still and let's say I didn't know which direction to go into but I was authentically myself the universe would align with me and the opportunities they would present themselves. Yeah, so one of the biggest blessings in my life is obviously opening this business. And not just because of the having a business or whatnot, it's also the people that I meet throughout this process, the interactions I have, the opportunities that open up, the speaking engagements, all these kinds of things. Like I never would have had it unless I took this like chance to really just live my life. And this business is an extension of myself. I put my heart, my soul, everything into this. And just the the interactions I've had with people it has changed my life. And like just talking to people about their jobs or stuff like that, they're not fulfilled. And then all of a sudden they come back to me like a week later and said, you know what? I'm deciding I'm going to open my own business. And then a year later, they're doing phenomenally well. So just it's like every interaction you have with every person throughout your life, it has meaning. So if you can pump them with love and, you know. Okay. I'm going to start telling, yeah. I, 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 yeah. you know, so I, I used to ask this question, the invisible thread, and now I'm going to yeah. tell everyone how we met. Okay, yes. <laughs> so I'm not someone who, I don't have like dating sites or I'm not like a serial dater, which I know a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. So my friends and I one night were like, okay, download Bumble, Hinge, blah, blah, blah. And we took each other's phones and they were like swiping for everyone. I was like, okay, I, I can stay on these sites. They're cool. And then I stayed on Bumble for a week and then you came on Bumble and I swiped you and then we started talking and the energy was so intense. But that's the universe's way of saying like, if people are supposed to come into each other's lives for whatever reason, and in today's society, hey, if it's through Bumble, (laughs) you know, the invisible thread is a real thing. So tell me a story besides me, if that's ever happened to you where you met someone that played a huge role (laughs) in your life. Happens every (laughs) fucking day. But I'll tell you something that happened yesterday to me, okay? Okay. This is a crazy story. This is another dating story or a dating app story. So uh, back in September, I get um, somebody likes me, right? This, This girl. 
and uh, ends up being that she was in California. So we were talking for like four or five days and like nonstop, really into spirituality, like checks all the lists or the, checks all the, the marks on my list of what I'm looking for. And then all of a sudden I don't hear from her for two days. And then two days later, I get a text from her saying that, hey, Ananda, I actually got to tell you something. I met the love of my life. She was at some like uh, act- like Kundalini activation workshop or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's great. But she's like, no, no, but I still, I want to be friends with you. I think you're just amazing and I want to I want to know about you. And I'll, I was like, normally I wouldn't do that, but okay, I'll, I'll, it's okay. We, we can be friends. We follow each other on Instagram. So turns out yesterday she invited me to come to some uh, Kundalini activation uh, process that she does. So this is not like regular Kundalini. I don't know if you've ever done what Kundalini. What is Kundalini? Yoga. Explain kundalini to the listeners what Kundalini is. Kundalini is the energy, the life force within your body. It travels up and down your spine and then out, out of your third chakra. So if you can activate this energy that's all around us. Um, and so how do they do that? Like what? Take me through. So Kundalini, there's a yoga practice for it's it. A, okay, so, so there's many yoga. different it's postures. It's a form of yoga. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But this is a little bit different. This is actually a practitioner that's able to harness the infinite energy of the, the, the universe. I've heard a lot about this. And literally transmute it into your body just by touching you for like less than like 30, to minute, 30 seconds to a minute. And she had, I don't know, maybe 25 people in full body orgasms for like an hour. And this was going on yesterday. I had no idea what I was getting into. I thought it was just a regular Kundalini class. So anyhow, so then we, we ended up having dinner afterwards. The first time I met her, this is like, you know, we met probably in like September or something like that. First time is, I guess, in now January. So three months later, really awesome person, enjoyed getting to know her. And then also found out that this is such an amazing practice. So without that interaction, I would have never known that there is such a thing like this. And this is something that can transform the world. I mean, think about it. One person can come and activate your energy and just literally give you the life force of the universe and God. And you can feel it inside of you. Should you be... Okay, so here's the thing. And this is what I want to talk about because this is this comes back into flotation therapy. Mm. Um, so let's say someone comes to do this form of yoga, but they're resistant to it. Will they still have the same experience as someone who may be more open? Because, you know, when you get into your flotation devices, unless you surrender, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So, but it also, so with floating, it is a practice, right? So the more you do it, the more you're going to, you know, kind of unravel those layers of like whatever you're holding you back. Same thing with the Kundalini. Um, I don't know too much about it. Honestly, yesterday is the first time I even knew anything about it or experienced Did you try it? it? I did, yeah. Tell me about the experience. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> so I didn't fully like have this like out-of-body experience, but I did feel like complete convulsions throughout my entire body at different waves. And then when I wasn't in it, I felt more like this uh, deep meditative space where I was just smiling. And then when they couple it with music and stuff, it brings you through, through this whole journey of like, all the different parts of your life. I was thinking about my family members, my mom, my sisters, and just uh, thinking about how grateful I am. So it was just the most beautiful experience I could have ever imagined, like just going to a Kundalini class. But I'm going to uh, a workshop tomorrow, actually, to do like a full activation. So hopefully I get there and I can tell you a little bit more about it on the next now one. Now let me ask you another question, because yeah. this, is, this is also something I'm trying to figure out, and as well as many people who might be listening. And... In terms of relationships, now there's an invisible thread. We meet people all the time. You're familiar with soulmates, twin flames. Mm -hmm. So do you think, because I read this on the internet the other day, do you think we all have like one twin flame, depending on how high of a potential we reach? Or do you think that that's also free will and we wind up whoever we choose to wind up with? 
Well, I mean, it depends on how high a level you want to think about it. Because then if you if you look at it from a God perspective, everybody's your twin flame. Because if everybody is you, we're all one, then anyone could be your twin flame, right? And then you have to All the twin it. flame psychics are screaming yeah. at us right now. For that. They're like, no, there's the, only theoretically, one. Theoretically, right? Because everything exists in the universe. So why can't that theory be right? Or why can't the, the twin flame theory be right? I have no idea, to be honest. All I know is that every person that comes in my life, I treat them as sacred. And then I know that they're here to teach me something, that I'm here to teach them something, whether it's a romantic relationship or not. In terms of a romantic relationship, I think that I have love for so many people, um, even my exes that, you know, I know that it wasn't compatible in terms of a long-term relationship, but I have so much love and gratitude for them that they were my soulmate for that moment in my life. So, See, I, I, yeah. I love that soulmate for that moment in your life because yeah. for that lesson. Mm-hmm. So you agree that when the, those relationships were over, you understood the lesson? 100%. And I also know that I, I do want to attract the person that I'm going to marry and have kids and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I really believe that we are in this individual journey and our soulmate is ourself. And a lot of people neglect to realize that because they think that the happiness is going to come from the outside. It's really, it comes from, I determine love from within. And if I could resonate it so much and so abundantly, then I'm going to attract that same match. So yeah, it's just a Now mirror. I have another great question. Yes. And I asked one of my previous guests this, and this is a good one. Now, do you think, because when it comes to careers, they always say you're never going to be ready for a career. Just, you know, take action, believe, have the emotion manifested into existence. Do you think, because some of us, and I know I'm guilty of this myself, do you think we're ever ready for a relationship? Is that something we tell ourselves? Because some people are like, well, I'm not ready for a relationship. And then they wait to prepare and get ready for that person. Is relationships something we're ever ready for? I think it's important to absolutely prepare yourself, prepare your vessel, your body, your mind, your spirit to accept what you want to achieve, you want to attract. Um, if you're not ready, if you have a lot of triggers that you need to work through, it's best to work through them rather than jumping into a relationship because essentially we're all magnets, right? So we're magnet, we're magnetizing and we're bringing in what we have going on internally. So that's why a lot of times people find. You know, if if somebody's a real big giver and doesn't take care of themselves, they'll find somebody that would want to take that energy, right? And then there's an imbalance in that relationship. Um, so I think it's really important to whatever you want the, the ideal visualization of your relationship to be, then you have to start living that. You have to start uh, becoming a better person to get to that point. Which is why I love that you journal. I actually, I have to be honest, I started journaling just a month ago when I was going through that dark time. In the past, I would journal, but I would go back and forth. Like I would journal, then not journal. But here's what journaling does for me. First of all, it shows that I'm dedicated to my to showing up for my highest potential. And second of all, I can feel the emotions. I give the negative emotions and thoughts and beliefs in my head I give them a release I always tell people that if your anxiety or your triggers are stuck in your head and they have no way out then they're just going to keep circling in your mind when you journal it's important to get them out it's like a software system right it's like the the same software CD is going to keep playing over and over and over unless you remove them right so like yeah journaling you get those thoughts out of your head and I do that all the time and it's so freeing to do that I journal every day now Mm -hmm. I journal every day And someone asked me this question on a podcast before, but I took it and I ran with it because this is just like the best question. What does religion mean to you versus (laughs) spirituality? And are they the same or different? Oh my, that is a big one. That's a loaded one. So so love is my religion, right? I believe that sometimes religion can be divisive, like organized religions. And 
where I take uh, some, where I don't really like so much is that when religions talk about this is the only way to God, it turns me off, right? Because I believe that all religions have some truth. When you're talking about love, peace, forgiveness, these are all things that bring us all together because we're all one. I mean, there's one God or one intelligence that created all of this. This is my belief. And that everything that exists underneath it is there. So we have extra dimensions, we have ETs, we have uh, spiritual entities, we have angels, demons, all of it exists under there. But if there's one intelligence that created all of it to show us the duality between good, evil, all that stuff, then, you know, it really comes down to love is the only truth in the universe. And then there's fear and fear is a, is a absence of, of love. And those are the only two emotions. So I grew up in a Hindu household. I was very blessed to, you know, learn a lot about asking questions and going on my own spiritual journey through it. There's a lot of amazing knowledge that knowledge base and, and texts that I can um, go back to to read. But in terms of I believe in all the religions, all the highest forms of the religions. So in, in Christianity, I believe in the teachings of Jesus. You know, during my ayahuasca experience, I got to experience uh, some messages from Jesus about love, peace and forgiveness. I want to get into how, that, but later. <laughs> yeah, how all those, those are the only things he wanted to teach humanity and to show humanity that who he became, all those miracles, that everybody can can get to that point. He wanted to show us what the best example can be for humanity. Well, I said earlier that I counted the stars. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why, because you just gave me that answer. So you said we are one, right? So as I was floating, I opened my eyes and I, I started counting the stars. I'll tell you why. One would shine brighter than the other. So our, let's say, mission or in life is... You might have more information than I do, but your purpose or your mission is to teach me or teach the next person so we can maybe shine like all the stars in the sky combined. So that's why I was counting the stars because I was I was laying there floating and I was and I had that thought, you know, if we are all one and we are all love and I'm laying here and I'm seeing one's brighter than the other, that's kind of like us. Like I might I may know less than someone else, but someone else may know more than me. And how do we teach each other these things so we can become one powerful source? Yeah. Rising tide lifts all ships. Right. So we are the the best we can do is, you know, make sure that everybody is loved in this world. And if we start thinking in those terms about how do we tolerate each other? How do we realize that the person in Afghanistan or Iran, they're just loving people. Um, not everybody's a freaking terrorist or, or whatever it is, right? Um, if they're loving people, they have families, they have kids, they have grandparents, they have it all, just like we do. We're the same as them. They were just born on a different continent in a different country in a different you know, world, basically. But if we can if we can honor them and we can honor the people next to us in our own family and realizing everybody's on their own journey, listen, what can we do to raise the vibration of everybody? It's just yeah, give love. What can yeah. we? I love that. What can we do to raise the vibration of everyone? Yeah. And everybody has a different gift, right? There's some musicians, there's some artists that can help with that. Some people, you know, like me, I have a wellness center. Um, everybody has their own like superpower, and if we can all tap into that and use it for contribution then we can really radically transform this world. Because, you know, if we watch the news, you think everything is just going to hell in a handbasket. There's so many amazing things that are happening right now. So focus on the positive of what's going on, how we're moving into a more spiritual space and as a, as a collective unit in this world, in this, in this universe. And, um, you know, things are going to get much better. 
how we're just you, in a changing environment right how now. do you deal with a negative person let's say someone in your life is just toxic and i ask my guests this all the time how do you handle a toxic person with very low frequency <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we don't run into that too much here um, because they're my clients. I do have to treat them with love and compassion and realizing, hey, everybody's on an individual Not a journey. Client. Yeah. I'm talking about, oh, you, or like maybe some, let's say dating, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know, dating wise or friend wise. Let's yeah. say like your friend's in a bad mood or your parent or family member's like in a really toxic mood. Yeah. How do you handle that energy first thing in the past i would get triggered by it and be like oh this person's negative i'm gonna you know i'm not even care and get the hell out of my face kind of thing i don't have time for this now i just have to realize that they're on their journey love them and then also choose that i can spend my time with them if i want to but most likely than than not i'm not going to want to so just kind of like send them love from a distance but don't really intertwine that energy with them from a distance yeah you see i'm the opposite i don't know why i don't Mm -hmm. know if it's a challenge for me but like if someone's toxic i almost go right into them just Mm -hmm. to disarm them with kindness and love like i take it as a challenge and i have someone in my life who well if somebody's consistently toxic then you have to make a decision to make the break but if somebody's like toxic one time, yeah, I try to oh no try to give them love. I have disarmed someone who was yeah. consistently toxic. Ooh, I um, want to hear about this. So I'm going to tell this story. So I have someone in my family who's, <laughs> hopefully they're not listening. I'm not going to say who, but like super toxic, like always upset, angry. And I've learned that it was not against me. And this is what I try to teach as well. And you know, for most of my life growing up, I would try to argue back because I was still vibrating on a conditioned frequency on the same level as they were. But over time, as I stepped into my power, I wanted to be the light, right? So if they're in darkness and I'm turning my light off and removing myself from this person, how are they going to find the light? I'm shutting it off. So I took it as a challenge to stay in their life. But every time they would try to fight with me, I'd stay very still, very calm, almost as if I was look at me and be like, this is a perfect example of what I should be. So anytime they would yell at me, I I kid you not. And anyone listening, I would just sit there and say, thank you. And they would get more mad because now it was like, there's they're they're not getting the energy they want but over time it was like a toddler it's like if you're not giving these negative emotions energy because they they're going to want it in a different form Mm -hmm. what happens is eventually around you they're going to slow down and they're going to start to be more positive it's almost like when you go into like a fancy restaurant right and let's say you're someone who's off the street and you know now you have to come in you have to sit down you have to you know sit a certain way I feel like that's what we're here to do and that's what we don't do we shy away or keep our distance from the negative people when mm-hmm. instead I think we should lean, cha- into, it. lean into it that's <laughs> part of the chaos if you lean into them and show them the way you're being their light 100% it's a very noble noble experience uh, the spiritual experience that you're going to be going through um, I think it's amazing if you can change them. You know, there's some people that just don't want to be changed. This person for yeah. like five months now has yeah. been on their best behavior. Really? Wow. It's like, and this was like, we couldn't be in the same room. And mm-hmm. now it's so peaceful because I made it a point to be the light yeah. instead of turning the light off. Can I, can I share one experience or one actually method that people can do for anyone who's toxic? Or, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if you saw, um, I was talking about Honopono couple weeks ago 
Honopono is a Hawaiian prayer. It's been done for ages now. And essentially, it just encompasses four different sayings. And when you, you can do it remotely to somebody or you can do it one-on-one with them when you're looking in the eyes. So you say, I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. And you just keep repeating that over and over and over. So if there's somebody toxic in your life and you don't want to have an actual conversation with them, look at a picture of them or just think about them and say this over and over and over. Because um, there was actually just a study recently done. There's a, there was a doctor named um, Hugh Len, and he's from the Hawaii State Hospital. And he was working with uh, violent criminals that were like in the psych- psychiatric ward over there. And he wanted to lower the crime rates because there was a lot of violent crime going on there. So he started looking at the files of all the inmates. And for 45 minutes, he would do ho'onoponopono on the inmates without even meeting with them, just on their files. And then in a short amount of time, 70% of the crime or the, uh, the, the violence uh, rate dropped. Just from pictures. Just from, just from doing the pictures in the ho'onopono prayer. But it's so powerful, especially in an intimate partner, your family members that you're having issues with. You do this practice, it will completely open both the of your hearts up. The fact that I knew to do that without knowing this yeah. just gave me like ancient, like as if I'm from like, uh, like as if I reincarnated and yeah. knew that. That's Well, all this knowledge is out there. It's, you know, it's going through the airwaves and you tapped into it. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I think that's... I think that's super important. I really think that's the most important thing we can give each other is compassion. I think if we turn away from the toxic people, we're actually doing them more harm by leaving them alone Mm -hmm. because then they'll never know any light if you turn the light off. Yeah, and one of the principles of Ho'oponopono is 100% responsibility. So if somebody triggers you, with their anger or their negativity, you have to think to yourself, where does that lie within me? me? Right? So in order to clear that, get that mirror to more positive place, how do I influence this person? How do I love them so much that they remove that? So now that uh, anger residual is gone from me too. Well, that's the thing. You heal yourself to heal others. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah. So what do you think the purpose of life or your life hmm. is? So everybody has different purposes, and that's what you know. So beautiful about the symphony of uh, of life that we live in. Everybody has a different one. For me, the purpose of my life is to be bliss, to enjoy deep love, and to create magic for myself and others. And uh, my name is actually Anand, and it means bliss. So it took me a very long time to actually step into that. But every day, I'm stepping into it more and more. And um, I think that if everybody can have the baseline of love, peace, forgiveness and gratitude, then if we all can believe in those same things, then everybody can have a different purpose and we'll all be dancing, you know, with happiness and gratitude and joy. I love that. And I also want to read something because, and this is so funny. This is, so I'm a big believer in, you know, source, divine, God, all this. And after I finished the flotation therapy, I was thinking of how to say this, you know, because I think this is really, you know, the key to life and the purpose as well and then I picked up my phone and it was right there in a quote on my Instagram so I'm going to read it if that's okay with you most rarely align with their true power because it seems illogical to them that power is in relaxation in letting go or in love and joy and bliss 
most people do not understand that their power lies in releasing resistance, which is the only obstacle to their true power. I love it. <laughs> is that that and that perfect just, way perfect to, way yeah. to <laughs> to <this>. close <laughs> and that just popped on my phone as mm. soon as I got out the device. I was like, Wait a second, you came out of the float tank and popped up Instagram right yeah. away. <laughs> and I was like, this is it, and I I saved it. I was like, how more perfect? And by the way, I also manifested the suite. <laughs> yes, you did. I did. We had a late cancel. <laughs> yep. Because I came in and she was like, do you want the suite? I was like, no, it's taken. She's like, no. So I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah. She's like, no, it's not. I'm like I manifested the sweet so I do think that that is really the purpose of life also just to stop resisting your person your process and your your purpose mm-hmm. yeah and just believe in yourself stop questioning yourself. yourself you know that that um, limiting belief system is always gonna like creep up a little bit um, but if you just kind of really focus on what your where your heart is I think that's really the best way to live Yes. Thank you so much for doing. Can you tell everyone your social media, your location for this amazing spa? So you can find me personally at, on my Instagram at Anand, A-N-A-N-D dot life, L-I-F-E. So Anand dot life. Um, our business, um, handle is at Om Life Wellness. That's O M L I F E W E L L N E S S. We're located here in Jersey City, New Jersey, right across the Liberty Harbor, Harbor Marina. Very short trip from uh, New York City, as well as all surrounding areas in Jersey. We're right off the uh, the Turnpike, so please come and visit us. Please, please follow me on Instagram, and uh, love to connect with you all. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you. Thank you.